You are listening to LP Uncovered, a music podcast hosted by myself, Lauren Plant. On this episode, I'm joined by the wonderful Australian singer-songwriter Kim Churchill. Landing on the scene in 2009, Kim has toured extensively around the world, playing renowned festivals including Glastonbury. His laid-back folk style continues to strike a chord with industry and fans alike. In January this year, Kim released his seventh studio album, Dawn Sounds, an earnest ode to the joyous peaks and liberating pits of life's journey, celebrating sentimentality and new beginnings. The album is layered with acoustic guitar beds and earthy elements, alongside Kim's trademark compelling vocals and storytelling. Having followed Kim's music for a long time, I was so excited to chat with him about the album. Not only is he a super talented musician, singer, songwriter, but such a kind and funny guy. So let's uncover Kim Churchill's seventh studio album, Dawn Sounds. Well, thank you so much for coming on LP Uncovered this week. Kim Churchill, hello. Hello there. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. I was literally just saying off air how much of a big fan I am because I've seen you uh-huh. in Bristol, in Cambridge. So, yeah, this is a, a big moment for me. And I'm just so, so grateful because you're a hard man to track down because you're so busy. <laughs> so thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Honestly, I um, because we nearly did it when I was on tour over there, didn't we? But then I just yeah. I was get, I was overwhelmed. I'm um, uh, a lot. self-managed these days, and um, so I'm so glad that you followed up so that we could do it. I'm very happy to be here. It's an awesome podcast. Ah, uh, thank you so much. Well, I've had uh, some of your friends on Ash, yeah, Renwald, Lionheart, Teoski, Garrett, K- yeah, Teoski, Garrett yeah, big fan of the Aussie scene. Yeah, and some others that I'm a big fan of as well. Um, this is the kit I noticed you did. Oh yes, I'm pretty sure. yeah, yep. that would have been cool. Um, and a blazer feather as well, which I thought was really rad. So yeah, I'm I'm um, honoured to be amongst everyone. Oh. oh well, thank you so much for coming on, and I'm so excited to talk about your seventh studio album, uh, the wonderful Dawn Sounds. Actually, you just come back from tour. How was that? Because I saw a clip of was it a Switzerland cave gig on a boat? Oh. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that that gig was on a little boat um, on a lake under the ground in a cave. Um, And yeah, it was that was an incredible gig. It was it was interesting. Like, it's the most successful tour of my career, which is an amazing thing to say, because I, I have been managing myself for a few years and went very independent, kind of broke things down to a very cottage industry kind of approach and I love that and I'm so happy but I sort of thought goodbye to my my big hopes and dreams you know um so that was wonderful to for for things to um to pan out that way but also doing everything myself and then having uh, having the tour tours go so well um I would just stretch myself so thin so I was like um most of the tour was amazing and incredible and then I had a couple of um couple of total freakouts um <laughs> along the way as well which and and actually that day it was it was bizarre because I was playing this gig on a boat in a lake in a cave under the ground in Switzerland but I was also trying to track down my passport which the American consulate had um they were putting in a visa in for the US leg of the tour and 
they had misplaced it and my flight to America was in like a day's time <laughs> or two days time. So I had all these things happening at once, which is a beautiful um, representation of what the whole tour was like. It's like incredibly exciting, amazing. As long as I could find moments to be present and enjoy things, it was incredible, but it was also wildly stressful. <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet. Because were you camper van? Were you literally going from the van across Europe? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I've got a van in Australia. So I did camper van thing in Australia and um, and one in Canada as well. So I sort of hop between the three. Wow. Um, which is amazing. I love it. It's such a cool way to live. But yeah, yeah, traveling around the van in Europe on such a tight schedule, um, it was crazy. It, I learned a lot. <laughs> I, f- I feel like I could literally do the whole podcast on just like van life, touring life, like so, so cool. Um, yeah. But to go back to the album, obviously, so you talked about this collection of songs that you wrote as the sun was rising, like straight out of this dream state. Um, how does that compare when writing with your other albums? Like, was it quite a big difference for you to get up at that time and to to write like at five o'clock in the morning? Or was that quite in keeping with some of your other albums? No, it was a, it was a new thing. Like I've, I've always been a morning person. Um, I'm a surfer. I'm so, so passionate about surfing. And um, the early morning is the best time to surf because often the wind has died during the night. So uh-huh. everything's very still, which is really good for for for, for the waves. The ocean goes really glassy and and um, it's really beautiful out there. And so I've always loved early mornings. But a friend of mine who is a, a surfboard shaper, he sort of shapes and makes his own surfboards. Um, and he's he's a master. He's a master of his craft. And and he said to me one day, um, he goes, when when do you find you're most creative? And I thought about it and I was like, I think like early in the morning. And he goes, yeah, me too. He's like, it's not great for surfing, is it? And I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, I have been prioritizing surfing my whole career over the most creative time of my day. Um, so I, so I had never done it, but I, but I started, and then from that, I built this ritual where I would, I would get up, I would try to not turn any lights on, um, so no kind of electricity infiltrating, you know, that dream state. Um, I would literally like make a cup of tea in the dark and sit down. I'd have everything set up so that my conscious, I need to do this, I need to do that part of my brain was left dormant, I guess. Um, I'd basically just make a cup of tea, light a few candles, everything's ready to go. So I just push record and just play. Um, and and then, yeah, I would play for, for, for probably about an hour and a half Um anything, any song idea that came to me, things I was working on, I had been working on for years, brand new ideas. Often the, the, I start with some kind of stream of consciousness where I just let feelings and thoughts and ideas that were bubbling away in my dreams as I slept kind of let them out. And you know when you you feel, you you have quite intense feelings still still swirling around inside you when you wake up from from you know crazy dreams and stuff like sort of harnessing all of that and seeing if my conscious mind would gently kind of join join in and start to thread some of these feelings into into poetry basically and and music so yeah i'd never done it before but it was wow. it was it's revolutionized my art and what time of day are you now surfing where's that fitting into the routine oh, yeah later <laughs> later it? in the day 
Um, there's also this thing called the, we call it Lago, L-A-G-O, which is late afternoon glass off. Um, so that's when the wind dies and the ocean goes glassy again. So so I go for the Largo now. Nice. <laughs> and you obviously collaborated and worked with Chris Collins over, was it three mornings to record the album? Um, yeah, yeah. How was that? What was that like as an experience? Did you record the songs live? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did. I mean, we did overdubs onto live recordings. Yeah, I probably, um, okay. But it was it was cool. Like it was exhausting. Um, and there are things I would do. I would do better next time. I'm really excited to record my next album because, and I think artists were often this way. You know, like we forget to give ourselves a pat on the back, and we're just thinking about, oh, I would do this different. I would do that different. I actually was. Um, I I went down with COVID the morning after those studio sessions. Gosh. And I think it was a like gargantuan effort from my body to like fight it off. You know, like I felt okay, but in hindsight, I like I listened to my voice. I'm like, I, my body was fighting that time, and and it was intense. You know, like um, I never really stopped playing shows. So if I've got a show and I play and I I don't get to bed till maybe twelve one a.m. and then I get up at five to write, you know, it's it's wow. it's intense. So so it was it was really exhausting, um, but also like we got everything right about the mood and the atmosphere. You know, we were in this beautiful recording studio out the back of Byron Bay, kind of in the hills surrounded by this like, like sort of slightly tropical kind of forests. And, and um, one of the things that I had adored when I was doing these writing sessions was I would often put myself in a, in a outside outdoors environment, you know, I'm like somewhere under the trees or in my van with the, with the back door wide open sort of looking out and all kinds of cool stuff happened along the way. There was this one moment in, um, in Jervis Bay at a friend's house where I wrote, I wrote there for a while. We got stuck there because of COVID and, um, and there were these little wrens, like these little birds and they my I have this black kind of, um, black guitar which has got a really really thick satin finish so it's very reflective right and these little birds would fly to my guitar while I was playing and look at themselves and start tapping on the guitar while I was playing and and, um all these beautiful things I I'm I'm certain that birds they're probably incredibly confused by what I'm doing like playing and the sounds that they're hearing but um I'm certain they are interacting in some way with the sound I'm creating and you know just even the the sky gently filling with blue and different birds start making sounds at different times all of these things so that the studio was incredible um because we flung open all the doors kind of like how I wrote and we hung a couple of microphones from trees to pick up the sounds of the birds and and um yeah we just kind of got everything to a really a, a, we really dialed it in and I'm I'm lucky Chris and I have been working together for six or seven years now. So we're, we know each other really well. We love each other a lot. And we, um, we're getting to a really great point with, with understanding each other. So, so I felt for him having to get up at five. Earlier, We were kind of probably quarter to five. We were getting up, but it was mystical. It was, it was mystical. Yeah. Sounds like beautiful moments. And I'll talk about the bird song because as a listener, that is something like you hear quite a lot, especially, on the first track but before we go to the first track I also about artwork and I love this image of yourself surrounded by obviously the multicolored leaves um fills are in keeping with your other albums there seems to be a real big theme of yourself in nature whatever that kind of yeah. image is yeah what made you choose this image for the cover 
Well, we played around with images. Um, Jordan Chant was the graphic designer, and we played around with so many album covers. Um, we just weren't getting to something that I just went, oh, that's amazing. And then um, my friend who created all the content around the album, um, Saskia Burmeister, she took that photo of me one day um, quite late in the piece, probably probably four or five months after the album was finished, Um, um, But what was lovely about the photo was it was taken a few metres away from a a veranda that is on my friend's farm um, where I did some of my most exciting writing sessions. Um, So I wrote a lot of material there. It was intrinsic to the album. The the film clip for Please Come Home is shot on that property. Oh, so it's Uh, strings. Right, okay. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, um. In fact, it was while we were shooting the film clip for Please Come Home that Saskia took that photo. And I just looked at it and I named it Dawn Sounds partly for the obvious reasons of of how I wrote it, but also I loved the kind of very gentle tip of the hat to Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. And oh. so I was thinking of these old classic kind of folk folk vibes and um and that and that album cover came back and I was like oh yeah we are there that yeah. is perfect yeah it's such a great album cover and I just love the image and the colors and um so yeah really excited to go through track by track obviously you start with come back free um straight away you have like the sound of bird song which is you know they're yeah. in keeping with the title like you said and then your warm vocals and the guitar what made you choose this one first i'm always intrigued by like sequencing and especially kicking off the album um i think it's it's just got a really welcoming it sort of feels like a it feels like it's sort of welcoming everybody in i think and i, I think emotionally as well um dawn sounds was the first album that i recorded since kind of uh, leaving management, leaving record labels. And a lot of my, what I've been through emotionally, philosophically has been about embracing failure and and being proud of, of my failures, you know, as part of my journey. Um, and that's what Comeback Free is about, is about um, the way that if you accept and embrace your failure and embrace your, your ongoing failure as a part of your life, um, you get to come back for free. You know, you, you, you don't, you don't pay a, a huge heavy price. You, in fact, you, you gain, you learn. And, and um, so it felt like a very welcoming kind of aesthetic sonic sound, but also emotionally, it was like probably the, the crux of with this album was, was my, my return, you know, kind of embracing failure, embracing all the things that hadn't worked out, owning those things and, celebrating the fact that um i'm kind of feeling better than ever yeah yeah it's great and like it's like I said a really like positive way to start the album and also i love the video as well like again we kind of mentioned you know being in nature just yeah. made everything yeah. i just wanted to do everything i even wanted to like cut ginger after it. i was just like yeah. i just want to go chop some like ginger <laughs> like i don't know why that is like the vision of you like cutting ginger i was like this is so cool um oh that's so, that's so good to hear yeah sometimes Sometimes I think, like, does anybody want to see this stuff? But I, I figure as an artist, you need to live your art. It needs to be in everything. And so that's kind of nice. That sort of, to me, indicates that maybe it's even the art is even in, in the cutting of ginger. <laughs> <laughs> but food is like a big thing, like the like food yeah. in the Seth Strings video. Is that quite a big thing for you? Yeah. 
like part of the day. Yeah, it's massive. It's my, it's one of my other forms of creativity. It's a wonderful place to fail. Mm. <laughs> you know, if you, if you screw up your stir fry, you don't take it on as like a, a battering of your self-worth or something. You kind of just get on with things, but you have this beautiful creative time. Um, and I'm working on a camper van cookbook and yeah, I, I, I love, um, I love food and cooking in the van in nature and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, it finds its way in a lot. Mm. And I also love at the end of the song where you um, like had the clip of you saying that's probably my favourite yet, um, that I ordered yeah. you saying that. So was that like when yeah. you recorded it with Chris, was that what you said yeah. at the end of the song? You just thought, I'm going to keep that in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We I love leaving those little the kind of like artefacts, you know, they help a person feel like they're in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we we just... But like, I don't even think we talked about it. It was just left in, and we both just knew like that's such a lovely thing to leave in. Yeah. Um. And in hindsight, it did really indicate to people that oh, he's playing that live. Yeah, which was a huge part of a huge part of um my intention was to be very live in how I did things. So it kind of sets the scene nicely too. I was falling into a hole. I knew it. I had fallen in before. I didn't have the tools or understand the rules to be more. I allow myself to see. To move on to the title track, Dawn Sounds, um, you said how you kept the instrumentation pretty, pretty minimal on the record. Um, mm. But I particularly love the strings on this one. There's like strings and so many different yeah. instruments I feel also still like um, around the album. Yeah. What was it like to to bring this one together in a production sense, Dawn Sounds, with the strings in particular? Yeah, this one was so fun. This one we definitely had a bit more fun production-wise. Um, I've been playing a lot with a cellist in Australia, um, Joshua Luke Ray. Um, he's become a good friend and he's a great, great cellist. A, a, a really, um, he's become a really integral part of like my live sound. And so it was awesome. We, we sent the song to him. So he didn't play that the cello parts live, but it was so nice when he, he just, he knows me inside and out. So when we got it back, it just, it sounded awesome. Um, we kind of, there was like a, just a little bit of, of a sort of like, like we put a mandolin part in and I just wanted to get a bit ethereal with this one because essentially it was it was me connecting with the morning you know and and the 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 way it made me feel the sounds the sights the the smells the the feeling of of that early morning time and how it kind of reset me and and um so I wanted to sonically create all of the senses in a way. And so we, we splashed out a bit on the production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lovely. And obviously the lyrics you reference, like the forest, the ocean, the sky. Um, this might be a tricky question, but like which part of nature would you say most inspires your songwriting? Or maybe in this, for this album, what yeah, element yeah. of nature would you say most inspires your songwriting? I think probably probably the bush, the Australian bushland. A lot of my writing was done surrounded by trees and birds. And, I mean, I'll always be singing about the ocean a fair bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, this album, this album especially, um, I'm high in the mist of the forest. We're in the mist of the forest. 
I walk to be under um, was kind of the the crux of what I was doing at that time. And, and rivers, I was swimming in a lot of rivers and, you know, like, like the Comeback Free Film Clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it would be, and it was because of COVID, I was in Australia for the entirety of three and a half years, which I hadn't done since I was a teenager. Um, I saw I saw winters, I saw, and so I deeply connected with, with home, you know, with with Australia and and so the Australian bushland and all of the unique things that make it what it is really um they 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 really inspired everything. Ah, oh, I'm going to Australia for the first time actually in Jan uh January, yeah. To Melbourne. Oh, cool. But um nice. Yeah, Great time just to, to see a friend, but um, they're excited. They're excited. Yeah, well, if you've got any time, head down the Great Ocean Road. You will have okay. it, it, just for a few days, you know. Um, yeah, I think so that's, cool. what, that's what someone, someone from over there did say. That rings a bell, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, especially now Kim Churchill said it. I'd just be like. Yeah, Great Ocean Road, yeah. <laughs> Kennet River, go to Kennet River Caravan Park in particular. Oh, wicked. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> So the third song, Solace Down. Um, so you said it's inspired by a little town on the mid-north coast um, of New South Wales? Yeah, 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 yeah. Called... It's um, called Bellingen. Bellingen. Yeah. Oh, I got that right. Bellingen. Yeah, yeah. And that's where my friend's farm is, actually, where the album cover is taken. Ah, right. Um, okay. Yeah. The They're about was... Steph was. Sorry, say that again. Where the video with Steph was as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wrote that song at the, on their farm. Their farm's about twenty minutes further out out of town, follows the Kalang River, sort of. Um, but yeah, Bellingen is just this. For me, it's really idyllic. It's like it's mid north coast in Australia, so it's like not. It's it's pretty hot, a little almost a little bit tropical, but it's not like it's not like full tropical kind of north coast or Queensland. Um, and there's still there's a still still crispness to it, you know. There'll be a bit of frost in the mornings, and it's just a beautiful little community. It's an incredible artistic kind of wonderful little realm, um, very historic little town. Um, and Solace Down, that town just fills me with calm, fills me with solace. I was I was there last week writing the new album for four or five days, and and it's it's the calmest and and most kind of content i've been in 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 you know over a year probably since i was there last um solace down is about settling settling into that that place and and those feelings and that kind of solitude yeah i love that idea that there's like hope on the horizon and yes such a beautiful song and i love the like trickling is it saxophone yes i love that and the percussion as well towards the end like that really stood out yeah, the <laughs> Yes, yes. Was that? Did you send that to a friend? Um, and then, like you said, with the uh, cello and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so Chris um, did the congas. Um, the saxophone was, was live actually, which was awesome. That was my friend Johnny Dusto, 
who's in a group called Dusty Boots. Um, and he was nearby. Um, we hadn't, we, we had played live a bit together and I just, I just love being around him. He's a sweetheart and an incredible sax player. And he just happened to be nearby and, and, um, I'm actually going to do a lot more of it on the next album is just bringing friends in and being like, let's do this together. And, you know, just, um, set up a mic and let's just jam it and see what happens. Um, so yeah, he played that sax live as I performed and just wandered around. Um, and it just felt so nice. Movement comes in, movement goes, stillness is a home. I'm holding on as a shadow climbs through the dying hours of the law. Riding the sounds of the rain, in love with the time and the day. Talking great songs, the four song. Go try for this celebration of the cycles of life. Um, do you remember like exactly writing this song? So it's <clears throat> this album's crazy because some of these songs have been in the works for like I think that I think Dawn Sounds, I wrote the the initial guitar part in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the verse melody. So I Go Try Fall was a guitar part I wrote in a hotel in Berlin back in maybe wow. 2015, and it was called Berlin Bounce. Dun, dun, da, 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 dun, dun. And then it just kicked around, you know, just kicked around for, for, for years and years and years. And, um, oh, I, I sung the melody too back in Berlin. Da, 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 um, and yeah, it just, it, it, in these morning sessions were just, they were so, it's the first time I felt like I became a professional songwriter. I think before that I was just, I was blindfolded throwing a basketball at the ring, you know, and just seeing, but then it was like, okay, cool. I get up every morning and I do my time. Um, and things naturally over the course of months and months and months, they take form and ideas that that I haven't been able to see through for years and years and years to take form, you know, and, and Go Try Fall was one of them, you know. I finally just felt like, oh, this is a lyrical, there's a lyrical direction to to where I'm at in my life now that really fits with that melody. Um, and, yeah, that one came together. I can't really remember now, but I, I would imagine, I think that one came together pretty easy. I don't remember any, like, diabolical struggles to get that (laughs) (laughs) do you like when you said that you had this like you know melody 10 years ago is it a case of you just remembered it for so long or you've recorded it on your phone or you've you've jotted yeah 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 yeah, recorded on my phone and and would come back to it and I often see songs I, I look at songs almost like a bird in the forest and sometimes you see it and sometimes you can't see it but you're looking for it and so a little demo can be like a photo you snapped and you can just see the bird off in the distance. You're like, there it is. Like you can't, you couldn't, you couldn't really describe it very well from that photo, but you know it exists. And um, so I had, I had that little kind of, I guess, photo of that song. Um, yeah, for a long time in the form of a demo that pro- t- took 30 seconds to come into existence and then 10 years of listening to trying to understand how <laughs> I might find it again. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favourite bird um, or a bird that you really want to see that you've never seen? Ooh, um, I think my favourite bird is the kookaburra. 
Mm. Um, it's an Australian bird that literally laughs. It laughs its head off in the morning. Um, I I always love when the kookaburras start singing in during my writing sessions um, or start laughing, I should say. Um, and then my other dream is to find a feather from a black cockatoo. Oh, um, wow. These beautiful big cockatoos we have in Australia that have um, a very small amount of red feathers that you can only really see when they're actually flying. And um, it's so cool to have a feather from a black cockatoo. So, I've oh. one, like, you, they're so rare. The, the birds themselves are rare, let alone one of their feathers actually falling down. But one day. Wow. wow. That reminds me of my um, niece. She's got a book that she's obsessed with, and it's about a professor who has loads of cockatoos. And it's oh, like a- there you go really colorful yeah. book and she just loves it and uh yeah, yeah. oh you're gonna get to see them soon there's white cockatoos and black cockatoos oh wicked okay cool. yeah this is the kookaburra yeah. feature on the record there's one song that you can hear this really at the beginning there's like a kind of like a laughing like loud bird i wasn't sure if it was river mouth maybe i've made that Remember. up um river mouth yeah there might be one in river mouth I can't remember exactly, uh, but but there's a good chance there is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just in the song credits featuring Cookaburra. Yeah, featuring Cookaburra. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they get their royalties. song on through time um so inspired by ernest hemingway's book the old man and the sea yeah, very cool yeah, what yeah. when did you read the book and like how long after the book did you write the song um so that was during one of the lockdowns when i was in jervis bay and um a friend a friend in the area bought it for me um just said i just think you'll love this book and i read it cover to cover in like two days and i was like so inspired i'd never read any ernest hemingway before so i was kind of didn't didn't know what i didn't know what to expect i had no idea i was going to be so deeply invested in this this man like i just loved him so much so i read it again and um and that guitar part again i'd had kicking around for years and years and years and it had a sort of a sort of a sailor kind of shanty sort of vibe to it but i'd never known what to sing and and i just it was one of those times when like a, a conscious idea actually works, <laughs> you know, like you sit down and you go, I'm going to write a song about the old man in the sea <laughs> and I'm going to make the lyrics about his journey and the way I felt about his journey. And, um, and it worked. It just goes to like, normally I would say, don't sit down and, t- and try to guide, try to say this song's going to be this because you will just get in the way of the song trying to, trying to come into existence. But, weirdly that time it it worked yeah wow and just have you had that where a book has influenced any of the other songwriting like any other songs and works you can be like that one was in that situation again or was this the first time where you've ever really yeah written a song influenced by book like like definitely definitely I I read a lot I read to get to sleep at night I I try I don't really watch tv or yeah nice or movies or anything i'd like to because it's a beautiful art form and i used to and i 
but now I just read. Um, so probably, yeah, like my Herman Hess is my favourite. Um, he's a German author. I'm pretty sure he's German, got to hope. That's right. I'm pretty sure. And he's did a book called Siddhartha, which I read every year. I love. Um, I A lot of his metaphors and his imagery really conjure. It's kind of like almost it's like considered sort of psychedelic psychedelic text nearly um so but but nothing specifically like that like like that was just so direct I think that's why it worked it's almost like I sort of just it's one of the sometimes you know you're gonna fluke something you're just like I'm gonna do this and it's so far-fetched and it's just gonna work and and yeah so that's kind of the only time that I've that I've really gone for something like that Sailing high on a wayward sea I was lying in a weightless feeling All I know well it comforts me And it definitely did work. It's a great song. Nice. As is the sixth song, Fighter. Um, so empowering, really empowering as a listener. Song about self-worth and strength. Um, the opportunity mm. to look after yourself. Um, yeah. So it's empowering to listen to. Was it empowering to write that song? so empowering it was it was I started writing it around getting rejected by a girl I went on a couple of dates with this girl and I just felt really inadequate in her presence um and she she sort of you know she didn't think much of me either because we didn't go on any more dates and I just I was new to being single I've been in a relationship for like six or seven years and and you know in some ways you're like oh this is so shallow get over it Kim like you went on a couple of dates and the girl doesn't like she's not vibing you so so you feel like you suck and you're you're unimportant and you're and it but it stings like it's really I don't know going back to I was like man this is powerful emotional stuff yeah um and so I started writing it and 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 then as it went on, I realized that I was tapping into a kind of a release for a lot of the self-criticism that I would that my inner voice would come up with. And and it it gave me it unlocked this whole, it was like a doorway into this whole calm realm of realizing that um I'm no better than anybody else and nobody else is any better than me. Um and that this, I think the, the best thing I thought in as I finished that song was I'm pretty sure every person is instilled with the strength they need to handle what will happen in their particular life, you know, like, and that was so, that really helped me and continues to help me in my life because it's like, okay, whatever is going to happen to me is exactly what I'm capable of. So, you know, in all of those moments where you have doubts, I'm not going to be able to do this. I can't, I can't cope or something, um, I, I sort of feel now very strongly that you can just yeah. <laughs> is perfectly lined up. Um, so that's what that song, yeah, allowed me to feel. And I love the lyrics in the song. I could have picked any lyrics, but I really um, love that I'm a flower on a path and you might not even see me, but that doesn't mean I'm not enough. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was one of the ones that was specifically yeah, specifically related to being rejected by a girl I went on a date with. But yeah, it it felt it felt like the truth, 
which was nice. It doesn't often happen in songwriting, but I just, just like, I can really, you know, that lyric can look at itself in the mirror for the rest of its life quite happily. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Such a great song. Is it nice to perform that one live? What's that one like? Is it a bit more yeah. stripped back, I guess? Would you normally just perform it with the guitar? Exactly, yeah. So I play that one I do in the unplugged part of my set. So ah. so I actually do this unplugged bit when I go to the front and I make it really soft, um, except for sometimes in Australia one of my friends who's a great drummer gets up and then we do like the album sort of version with the drums, which is really fun as a kind of alternative. But, yeah, I kind of go deep and I make it really soft and really um, all about the words, um, which is funny because it's probably the most hot the, like the closest thing the album's got to a banger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's so cool that as well, you can like strip it back and like kind of play it in all the different ways because such a great song. Yeah. The sun is my only companion. For now that's all I need. I'm a flower on a path. And you might not even see me, but that doesn't mean I'm not enough. The seventh song on the album, Please Come Home, featuring Chef Strings, who I saw in Exeter, is literally, I think, the night after you were there. Oh, in the cabin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't, I was gutters. I couldn't go to see you. And then um, then I was like, Chef Strings, is there the night before? And the night after, and I was like, oh, I can actually go. Yeah, um, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. So, yeah, she was amazing. But I'm really fascinated about, so you started writing the song in 2009, another yeah. oldie, golden oldie, and then it Absolutely. started yeah. to click. And then, yeah, do you remember what point you were like, I want Steph involved? I think, like, Steph and I have known each other a long time. So she reached out to me when she was, like, I don't know how young, um, like early teens. And she was like, um, do you have tabs for this song or, you know, like I want to, um, how do you play this guitar part? What tuning is it? And, um, and I was writing back and, and, you know, just showing her how to play a couple of my songs. Um, and then over time, like I just noticed, I'm like, wow, her video has like a hundred comments or something. And then I started really like seeing more and more of her stuff coming up. And she obviously has, translated online in terms of she puts up these videos of herself playing and they're amazing and so the world goes nuts for it and and then her career started and she came and um I sort of said well come and open for some shows like come and play and she had barely played live she was just all she had done was stuff and she was just finishing high school she was maybe a year out of high school or something so she came and did a couple of gigs and she really enjoyed it. And I just was giving her like just saying, go go for it, Steph. Like just play more gigs, play wherever you can. And obviously her career is just is just skyrocketing. It's so exciting and so awesome. And Please Come Home had always been to me a duet um, and different. So I've recorded that song like four times for different albums. Oh, and wow. um and a few different artists have sung it with me. And then for some reason, I would always pull it off the album at the last second and be like, I don't know why, but I just don't think, I don't think it's right. I don't, it's such a weird journey for that song. But finally with Steph, uh, it just felt so right. And and I think the the way, what she brought to the song finally 
whatever this weird little doubt that I had with it was where I just went, nah, 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 nah. Steph resolved that. And, um, and, and I, I loved the version we recorded, you know, I think it just fit with the album as well it was less in the past. I'd maybe recorded versions of it that were trying to make it too anthemic and too like going to be some radio hit. Whereas this time I just left it really bare and, and left it left a lot of space for Steph and myself to just shine, you know? And, um, so yeah, I'm so grateful to her for, for coming on board. She kind of changed the lyrics of the second verse and made it her own. And that, that really allowed the song to properly come into existence. Mm, It's so nice. And you're like vocals both just like merge so well together. And, um, and I thought, well, I thought that this was the first time on the record that we hear the harmonica. (gasps) Yeah. I know. Yeah. There's not much harmonica on the album. Um, Yeah. I think this one and, and then the river mouth towards the end. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it, yeah. Cause it's just like, yeah, I, I love the harmonica and obviously it's, you know, you use it quite a lot on some of other albums, but. Um, totally. Yeah. 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 Was it like a conscious decision to play the harmonica on this song or was it just like it felt right and it's always been there throughout from 2009 when you've. Yes. It's literally, I think the, the, in 2009, I recorded that song at, sun records in memphis um and yeah and i i played that exact harmonica part and it's been that way ever Mm. since it's just and it's so funny because i play harmonica so much in my live set too and just it's something it's another thing i'm i'm planning on really using in my in my next album is i'm like i gotta play the harmonica more like i love it i love writing melodies on it Mm -hmm. i love incorporating it into a song but yeah, like oh my god, if Please Come Home hadn't made the album, there'd pretty much be no harmonica on the album, which would be <laughs> just crazy because <laughs> because I use the harmonica so much in my live show. Um, so I'm very glad that it made it on and that it had a, it harmonica has a moment to shine. Definitely, yeah, because that is like because um, when I think back to Cambridge Folk Festival, I just I remember straight away being like, it's got a harmonica, it's got a guitar. Like I don't know, just the image straight away. I was just like, this is gonna be great. Because I, I don't think I <laughs> rap, like heard your music or much before that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so for me as a listener, it's just something that I kind of like associate. I always seem to have a picture of you with a harmonica as well throughout yeah. your music. And I do hear it towards the end of River Mouth, which um, yes. is an eight song on the album. I love that it's about the, the your love for your mum and your dad. Like, yeah. often, yeah. you know, I don't know. I think like, it's not often like heard in songs, really. Um, and I just love the opening line, grow up anywhere you see. I just think that's, yeah. yeah. But also amazing that your parents allowed you to feel that way because you might not always necessarily have yeah. parents that are supportive. Absolutely you to be like, yeah do whatever you want but um what was your parents reaction to the song um oh it's so funny dad dad's embarrassed <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. I think, like i actually often don't play it when they're at a gig because i don't want to embarrass dad mum i played it once at a gig that just mum was at and um she was my mum and dad are very much like they're doing their own thing they have this idea of like 
your children are arrows and like once you've let go of the bow like that's that you don't own them you're not living through that kind of thing so so they're so proud of me and they come to loads of shows um but they're not like going to be sitting up the front being like where his parents you know or anything <laughs> like that so i think i played it at a gig once that mum was at and i could see her she was outside the venue it was this beautiful old hall and all the doors were open she was outside um getting a bit of fresh air probably and but she was dancing um on her own she had space around and she's waving at me to let me know that she understood what was what that moment was which was so sweet um and and obviously they they love it but it embarrasses dad a little bit (laughs) oh that's Um, hilarious yeah yeah but it was it was one of those moments when in the morning writing sessions where just a little bit of consciousness was coming into the subconscious kind of world that I was in and it was some very distinct lyrics came out and that was the chorus I was raised by a saviour um in the form of my father and and yeah and then I was like well I'm gonna write a song about how awesome they are because because that's something that I really I'm so lucky I'm so um privileged and and lucky to have being brought up by by two such incredible humans and um and it was lovely to have to find a way to communicate that in a song and also like i love the title river mouth it's maybe not like a reoccurring like it's not in the chorus of the song so no, what, no, what no. made you pick that as a title well i it's so funny i ummed and art about the title of that one for so long oh right um and 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 the the connection i made was so my hometown is a little town called marimbula and um, it is, there is like two or three different river mouths um, in our little area and and everybody's houses are all built around these waterways um, and they're really like safe havens for young sea life. Um, so, you know, like like when I was walking home from the bus, I would walk along this boardwalk that hugged the inlet right at the mouth to the ocean and there's like lots of mangroves and and loads of baby fish and and so it kind of reminded me of mum and dad and of it of that sort of really safe wholesome kind of um gentle place to to grow up right. um so so yeah i sort of thought that that lines up nicely and and it felt like a nice bit of imagery even for the track listing on the back of something for it to be there but I hated the fact that river mouth is two words so I just put them together <laughs> yeah yeah I did wonder if it was like an actual like word but that's great do what you want on your album <laughs> yeah I wanted to look at the space so <laughs> the ninth song like december um really stripped back beautiful song so i'm right in thinking you wrote it in two and a half minutes that that you wrote the song as in like it just came to you and you just yeah yeah that was the beautiful thing about these morning writing sessions was i would often play a whole song you know i might not i might not um a lot of them I would then go, oh, this bit's good, this bit's good. Oh, I kind of lost my way a little in the second verse. But that one, 
was one of just a couple of occasions where I was sort of playing around with with a Bon Iver song and I was like, you know what, I really like this little chord pattern. I'm going to use it myself. And so I was like finding ways that I could kind of make it my own and sort of take it away from what he had done with it. And it had been bubbling away for a few days, the chord pattern and how I might use it. And then I woke up and and I picked up the guitar and 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 I just played that song like like start to finish. And I I was like, okay, I just need to write, I just need to go back and listen and write down the words and it's done. Like I actually didn't play it much after that before recording the album because I didn't want to I didn't want to mess with, with the magic. Yeah. 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 Wow. And is December your favorite month of the year? Do you say you have a favorite month of the year? I well, December's beautiful in Australia because it's it's just starting to get like really it's really starting to warm up. Yeah. Um we get these beautiful warm days. Um and it was also I think what I was getting at, because as I say, like I I literally just sung it. So I didn't have a concept of I didn't have any like I want to write about this, but I think it was a t- December was a moment in my life when I was finding some regrowth. I think you know it was kind of the the start of a. Um, I was sad, but I'd kind of figured out how to how to move forward, move on, um, and I was feeling empowered, similar to Fighter. You know, there's those lines of like I am the chorus, I am the sound, that sort of thing. Um, so, sorry, my friends just got out a leaf blower, so I thought it was a window. Um, yeah. uh, yeah, so that's kind of the, kind of the, the, the idea behind you, December. A lot of British people are hearing you talk about December, just so jealous right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, because it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, I know. I mean, I love we thought Christmas. about that. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's not going to make a lot, maybe it won't make a lot of sense to people on the other side of the equator, but. No, yeah, yeah. No, and just the whole like, you know, telling us that bright days will come and go, like it's yeah, such a yeah. such a beautiful song. In a wild and warm September I could follow your gaze. I must move on like December into brighter days. Tenth song, Let You Down, a really important message of like staying true to yourself, which everybody needs yeah. to hear and be kind to themselves. Um, how easy or hard is that as a musician in the industry, so to speak? Yeah, it's, it's, I think a lot of us get into this industry because we're people pleasers, you know, mm. that's essentially what we crave is to perform and to please people, to write a song and to the way you're talking to me about dawn sounds is all i ever hoped if you were the only person that ever heard it you felt that way you felt felt feel you felt the way you feel um it's a success to me you know oh. so thanks thanks for loving it and speaking about it like this um and i think that's what we're hoping to do is is inspire somebody is to please somebody but in that way it can be one of the most um difficult things to accept um is that you know you you are going to let people down um you know and and that song as well was kind of nice in the in the sense of like well if this had ever happened i'm pretty sure i would have deeply disappointed you (laughs) and and it was nice to to i guess i guess sort of almost like 
experience the the feeling of letting that person down without actually having gone through it and experiencing the feeling of accepting that I was going to let them down um, because I, I, I remember that song being about um, a relationship that I really, really wanted to happen and it took me a long time to let go of what I had envisioned. Yeah. Um, and 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 that was a nice song where I kind of was like, you know what, I probably would have really let her down and disappointed her if it had ever happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, yeah, such a great song. And um, like, I love this message saying true to yourself and you yourself must live such a, it feels like a real vibrant, you know, beautiful life making so many um, human connections. Is that surely one of the best things about being a musician? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's um you never th- you never worried that you're wasting a day of your life or something you know i sort of i battle with other things like social exhaustion um and and renal fatigue <laughs> and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that but but yeah the human connection and the opportunity to connect everybody wants to connect deeply you know yeah, and and i want to as well but i get so tired that i'm like I sometimes when I've been touring too long, I almost am like angry at people for wanting to deeply connect. Like, oh, oh, this and that, and I'm just like, get away, <laughs> give me a break. But, but it is. It's the best thing. It's it's the best thing about it. And and as I said before, like like all all I hope is that somebody connects with what I do. And um and it's it's yeah it's it's the most. It's the highest form of of um for me it's the highest form of success is yeah. is to share that connection through the art especially. I call it what it was. It was this summer that ended And how the darkness defended Last song, All That You Want From Me. You've kind of described it as an introspective track about love and relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Why do you yeah. put this one last on the record? Um, because of the lyric, that is all. Mm. You know, it's it was kind of, it had a finality to it. And in fact, the the song uh very much was a fi- a final moment of something it was it was again about a about a relationship um and i was just so so in love like outrageously in love and i would you know that kind of in love i don't even know if you should call it love it's some sort of deeply anxious attachment yeah. <laughs> i've realized but it's that kind of love where you just do anything. You you would you're completely self-destructive. You're you're like you're ignoring brutal, real truths all around you. Your self-worth goes down so low because you literally just you would you would shackle yourself to them, you know? Um and and I think it 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 is something that that I've done to other people in the past, um, where they kind of want that on some level it's it's like they don't feel good about it but on some egoic level it it's really really satisfying to know that some other person like 
desperately needs you. <laughs> and um, and in this particular situation, yeah, yeah, um, this girl that I had fallen for in that way, that's she just wanted to set that up. And then as soon as that was set up, she was like, oh, but I'm not very interested actually. And, you know, it's just left with this walloping, great, huge love that I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this? And so it was it was devastating. And and um, that song had a nice element of finality to it. It was like once I realised, I'm like, oh, that's all you wanted. You just wanted to know that I was desperately yours and then you were happy to walk off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I felt like that album... And the lyric that is all um, sort of fit really nicely at the end. Um, and yeah, another one of those kind of gestalt kind of yeah. fin- final kind of everything's wrapped up. Yeah, for sure. Is the piano on this one as well? Yeah, yeah. So when I was playing around with the chords, they were a bit out of out of my musical abilities to understand what was going on. Um, timing wise, I was just playing some some chord combinations on the guitar that like if somebody said what is that chord I would have said I have no idea I go from this and then I sort of slide up um but Chris being the musical genius he is goes oh my god that is sound amazing and he played the chords on the piano and I went oh that is so tasty like <laughs> let's you know, let's do that so we sat down a few times and and um I literally just sung and he played piano and then and then we were like actually this guitar is quite nice in here so we brought the guitar back but yeah sort of anchored in the piano part yeah, love it. And it's a great way to finish the album. It was a cold night And in your eyes Reflections of the street lights. I don't know if it felt right Or if I could even tell anymore And your smile Well, it echoes in and out of my dreams at night I can't help but feel a little spite That you can still find me there that is all. Thank you so much talking through all 11 songs. It's been oh, so great thanks, to hear you talk about it. It was so fun. And, and as I say, thanks thanks for caring like you do about it. It just it um, completely is, is why I exist to think that somebody oh. would feel that way about something that I'd done. Well, it's so great. And even hearing you talk about new music, I'm like, oh, my God, okay. So I'm very excited about new album. Um, I finished the couple, like, just games. So the last... Cool. Um, this one is like a quick fire round, but don't worry if you don't want to be too quick about it. Um, do you have a favourite song off the album? Fighter. Nice. Nice. Uh, do you have a favourite lyric off the album? Um, the one you said, I'm a flower yeah. on a path. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which do you most enjoy playing live? Ooh. Um, Come Back Free. Ooh, yeah, yeah nice. Live, live, live. It just works so well live. It's awesome. And which came together the quickest and which took the longest? I mean, like December, I presume. Like December was the quickest. And yeah, the longest would have been Please Come Home. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just After recording casual, four times. Yeah. I think a casual 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not big. Not big. <laughs> And then the last game is called What's the Occasion? So I give you three different occasions. And if you had to pick three different songs off the album for each occasion, which would it be? So you have a wedding song at any point in the wedding, a dinner party, and a car road trip. So I'll give you all three now. So wedding, dinner party, party, car car road road trip. trip. Okay, I think... 
the wedding song would be oh that's kind of tricky um it's quite a sad (laughs) (laughs) probably probably fighter i think fighter has the most feelings of celebration fighter or comeback free yeah Um, get dancing as well yeah 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 a dinner party i think um i actually think all that you want from me would be really nice. I can just hear that tinkering away kind of unoffensively in the background, but setting a setting a beautiful kind of kind of feeling and mood. And a road trip. I'd probably say fighter again. I would definitely okay, comeback freeze becoming the wedding one and and the road trip is becoming fighter because it's just like, you know, like I just feel like you're you listening to that, you're like totally stoked to be on your way, heading off. Yeah, I've listened to it in the car and I'm literally just like, yeah, spitting out the lyrics trying to, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who I think I am, but um, yeah, that's a great car road trip song. Um, thank you so much. What's the future looking like for you? Obviously, a tease that there's some new music on the way. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's so exciting. Even this is this chat has really inspired me. I can't wait to wake up tomorrow morning and do my session. Oh, God, okay, great. Again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, new album. I record it in January, February. So I'm working really hard on that. Wow. Um, uh, the Camper Van Cookbook, um, which so I'm really excited. dedicating to as well. Um, and yeah, I'll be coming back to Europe and the UK twice next year. I'll be um, not announced yet, but I'll be opening for for another band in March, April, and then I'll have my own headline tour in November. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and I have to finish off my Canadian van because it's still not fully, the, the home in the back is still not fully complete. So okay. finish the, the full trifecta of camper vans. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. release a new album and, and tour all over the world again, I think. Wow, amazing. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I know you're so busy. And, um, yeah, it's been so great getting to chat with you. Big inspiration. So uh, thank you very much for your music. It's just, yeah, been so great to chat with you. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of LP Uncovered. If you like this one, you can go back and listen to all my previous episodes featuring lots of wonderful musicians. Just head along to wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts and subscribe away. Likewise, you can follow LP Uncovered on Instagram to keep up to date with upcoming episodes. <laughs>